what is good? Welcome to Spirit Bill Real Talk with Juliana. I am your host, Juliana Page, and I am so excited that you are here. I am an author, a speaker, and a professional life coach, but really, I am here to give you practical wisdom that you can integrate into every area of your life so that you can thrive and not just survive. So if you are ready to live a spirit-led life and level up your inner game so that you can win in your outer game. Let's dive right in. What is good, everybody? Welcome back to Spirit-Filled Real Talk with Juliana. We're going to talk about shame today, which is new. (laughs) A bit strange that this topic came up, but I feel so strongly that it needs to be addressed and just given some context and and fresh perspective around. So we're going to talk about that today and specifically wisdom over shame, wisdom over shame. And really where I'm pulling that from is Colossians 4, 5, where it talks about redeeming the time, which is one of my all-time favorite things, right? Redeeming the time. But it says in the King James Version that we're to walk in wisdom, redeeming the time. So redeeming the time is related to wisdom and how we walk. And really what that is emphasizing is how we live our lives, okay? So I want to break down what shame is so that we can gain some clarity around that and then also apply wisdom so that we can personally, collectively redeem the time, right? What a blessing that we have that capacity or that option. So shame by definition is a painful feeling of humiliation or distress caused by the consciousness of wrong or foolish behavior, okay? It could be a loss of respect or esteem, dishonor. It could be a regrettable or unfortunate situation or action. And it can also be a feeling of guilt, regret, or sadness that you have because you know you've done something wrong, okay? So just some sort of embarrassment, dishonor, disgrace, okay? Brene Brown, if you're not familiar, she has amazing work, just really goes deep into this. She's actually a shame researcher. There is such a thing, and it is profound, but she actually describes shame as an intensely painful feeling or experience of believing we are flawed and unworthy of love and belonging. Oof, let me say it again. Intensely painful feeling or experience of believing we are flawed and unworthy of love or belonging. Okay, so shame is subtle at the start, kind of like how the enemy works, right? Just seeding a little lie or giving you a temptation, right? It's subtle at the start, and then it can really build momentum and take us into a pit of despair if we're not careful, okay? So some of the the symptoms of shame, because it's it's one of those things that you can't always put your finger on, but again, check out those words, intensely painful feelings. So this is 
everything to do with your emotional health. And that's often what we repress. It's what we hide. It's what we don't show the world, okay? Which leads then to these symptoms, which one of them is, is pulling out of all connection. There's just this desire to isolate oneself or to disappear and to just really cause one to sever connections and and relationships because there's just this intense pain, right? Like I can't be connected because it feels painful to be connected. So there's this pulling out of connection. There is anger. You know, a lot of times that could be disguised as passive aggressive behavior, but there could be a lot of anger. Typically, it is negative feelings and emotions turned inward. So self-hate, self-blame. And a lot of times when those things go unchecked, that can lead into addictions. So eating disorders, drug abuse, um, sexual addictions, all of that can go inwards. It can lead to deep unworthiness, inadequacy, depression, anxiety, low self-esteem, and really just seeing, I define low self-esteem, I don't know where I wrote this, but one time I put it in my journal, but low self-esteem to the point that you see yourself out of the sunshine, like the son of God, you see yourself outside of that. Because the word, right, if you're you're a Bible scholar, and even if you're not, the word says that we're when we're born again, right, when we're redeemed, of all of our our sin and all of our shortcomings because of what Jesus did on the cross, right? God looks at us as he looks at Jesus, right? So he sees us as his son, which which was the perfect sacrifice, right? So he doesn't remember our sins anymore and our trespasses anymore, right? So when our self-esteem is low, we're seeing ourselves outside of that sunshine. We see ourselves actually as bad, right? That there's something wrong with us, that we're not okay. Like we've violated some law. A lot of times this is a moral compass thing. This could be a religious principle. This could be literally an issue with the law in the world, like a cultural norm uh, or a social norm. But if that is violated or if you go against what is acceptable, quote unquote, there's this violation and the reinforcement that happens internally is that I'm bad. There's something wrong with me. Not I made a mistake, like I am a mistake is what shame says. So guilt would say, oh, I made a mistake or I need to course correct or here's how I can do that differently next time or oops, I'm sorry, that was wrong. I shouldn't have done that. Like here's here's how I'm going to fix that, right? But shame is deeper than that. It actually says that I'm a mistake. I never get anything right. Like it's this intense self-hate, okay? So it's really, really important to to become familiar with shame because a lot of times it goes unchecked, but it causes a, a lot of problems in our lives, a ton, particularly when it comes to relationships, for sure, okay? What's important to remember when thinking about shame I'm going to give you just a couple of biblical examples or where where God's at, right? Because God is not partnering with us in our shame, okay? So I want to break that down. So 1 John 1, 9 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness, right? So we can confess our sins. We can repent and turn from sin that we are 
aware of and participating in. And God is faithful to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So we have hope in that. So if you are caught up in sin and you're aware of it, you can confess and you can repent of that. It also says, dun, dun, dun. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So Romans 3.23. This one is a really good reminder to avoid shaming people, right? We are not the judge. We are not God. We are not here to just call out each other's sins and shortcomings, right? That is not a blessing. (laughs) There's a time and a place for healthy confrontation, particularly if you're a leader and you're leading teams and things, right? But one of the best things that we do is countercultural. It's actually calling out the golden people, not their shame. It's actually about having heart connections with them and not just being disciplinarians and calling out their behavior, right? And being in a block and cancel culture. Uh, let's see. I'm trying to find one that is really resonant here. Romans 8.1. That's, I was trying to find the address for that one. Sorry. I had to like actually start typing the verse out. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So again, if you are living in Christ, if you're living in the sunshine, so to speak, There's no condemnation for those that are in Christ. So that is not thinking like God, expressing oneself like God, representing God, right? Like God is not partnering with you in that. It's also a disgrace to the cross, right? Like it's it's saying that what Jesus did on the cross was not effective, okay? Like that's deep, but that's essentially when we choose to partner with shame, we're not partnering with God, okay? And that's really what I want to highlight. But the one that gives me... A lot of hope is Isaiah 61, 7, which says, instead of your shame, there shall be a double portion. Instead of dishonor, they shall rejoice in their lot. Therefore, in their land, they shall possess a double portion. They shall have everlasting joy. Okay, so this is one of the most beautiful things about God is that there is a divine exchange that takes place. So when we confess, when we repent, when we give God our stuff, he gives us something in exchange. So if we repent of something and turn from something, he gives us a blessing in in place of that, in exchange for that, which is wild to me. That, that also supports that God shows up perfect and strong in our weakness, right? So we may feel like a total mess in the moment, but God shows up strong in that, right? Again, we give him our mess, and he gives us a blessing. So we can give him our impatience and he gives us patience. We can give us our him our you know our disorganization let's say and he gives us organization. We can give us him our anxious thoughts and he can give us peace of mind. And I will say to that one Isaiah 26:3 which says you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. Okay, so that's the King James Version, all the ifs. (laughs) But God will keep us in perfect peace when we stay fixed and focused on him. But here's what you've got to see. If I'm going to choose to focus on shame, right, I'm not going to focus on God. I'm focusing on I'm not even worthy of God's love, right? Like, Deeply, if I'm focusing and partnering with shame, that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't trust you, God. I don't believe that I'm worthy of your love. And there is a place for that. And that's important 
to recognize because when we recognize that we're partnering with shame, then we can repent of it. We can turn from it. We can release it. We can let it go. We can decree and declare deliverance from it, right? We can lay hands on ourselves. We can thank God for his deliverance and for helping us to walk free of the bondage of shame, okay? So shame deliverance, right? Or just having an experience Deliverance from shame is awareness, and that's key to all aspects of your health. Strangely enough, it's key to mental health and thinking correctly and being transformed by the renewing of our mind. It's key to emotional health. It's key to, you know, physical health and just what's going on in your body. Believe it or not, when we have a lot of heavy emotions, we feel like we've got kicked in the gut, right? Like we feel like we've been. We've had the wind knocked out of us sometimes when we're dealing with a lot of intensely painful emotions, right? And it's imperative to turn from shame for the betterment of your spiritual health, right? Like that is a, it's creating this division between you and God, right? So Jesus did not die on the cross to prevent you from having and enjoying your life, right? Like his death was so that you could have and enjoy your life and have eternal life, right? So that's something important. You can step into shame or you can actually step into your royalty every day. And we actually get to choose that. As intensely painful as it is, that's why it's really important to recognize that God is not remembering our sins and our lawless deeds anymore. So If there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ, then I don't need to continue to choose to live condemned. I can live free indeed, and that would be my part in redeeming the time. Okay, but first, I've got to be able to recognize what shame is and walk out my salvation, meaning walk out my identity in Christ, use my authority. So when shame triggers come up, when those intensely painful feelings and emotions come up, and they will, right, from time to time they will, Here are some things that you can do to counter that and get back to that place of peace. Okay, I'm just going to give you a couple of ways. Number one is always, always, always bring it into the light, right? Like whatever is in the darkness, I would say has the potential to traumatize us, right? Whatever's in the dark can can be used against us, right? Whatever we hide eventually will be brought into the light. Whether it's the right time or not, inevitably it will be brought to light. So the best thing to do is bring everything into the light, whether that's even working with a professional to have a safe space to, to talk about what's going on with you. It is so much better to cultivate awareness about it so that it doesn't have a hold over you, okay? So it's really acknowledging and sharing experiences with trusted people in your life, okay? And that that really allows you to deal with it in healthy ways because a lot of times professionals too can give us different perspective and different strategies to cope in healthy ways rather than addiction um, and those sort of things. So there could be shame-based education, for example, that they could help you with and they can give you specific strategies for shame triggers that might happen in your life. Particularly, these are rooted in childhood, um, but they definitely come up because we all have an inner child, right? So they can still, for sure, come up in our adulthood. So number one is just bring any feelings of shame into the light, okay? And that could just 
be any area where you feel out of integrity or where you're thinking that you're bad or that you've done something wrong. I mean, a lot of times these are just lies, honestly, that the enemy has told us. So check that out, like bring them out into the light and actually get to the bottom of what's happening there. Number two would be untangle what you're feeling. Okay, so it's really important to to get through what you're feeling, to get to the bottom of what you're feeling. Like, why are you feeling embarrassed? Why are you feeling uncomfortable? What is that about? So that you can start to build that awareness and that you don't have to choose shame in the future, okay? Number three is unhitch what you do not what you do from who you are. So behaviors that you have shown up and and ways that you've behaved, let me say it that way, ways that you've behaved, mistakes that you've made, they're actually not who you are, okay? Those are choices that you've made, but they, they, they're not who you are. There's a difference. So you've got to separate yourself from your behavior. Your self-work isn't just about how you behave, okay? So it's important to unhitch what you do from who you are so that you can really have this identity right, that is separate from how you behave, right? You can honestly, I mean, if your identity is is connected to how you behave, like it's always on the line and that can be really, really shaky and disappointing anytime, you know, something negative happens. So your identity definitely, if it's not already, needs to be rooted in Christ, not in your behavior. Hopefully that makes sense. Okay. Two more. Number four is recognize your triggers. Okay. So again, these could be from neglect in childhood. This could be from shaming and what people have spoken over you. This could be, um, you know, dysfunctional relationships. This could be from many different things, but recognize what your triggers are because triggers feel the same. They're kind of like smells, right? Like there could be a smell like uh, the one I'm thinking of right now is when you go into a dentist office, like, you know, that smell, right? It either like gives you a gag reflex or like you are grossed out because you don't want, you know, that teeth cleaning. What is it? Fluoride. (laughs) Like you're not even down for it, right? You're just grossed out. So triggers are like that, especially emotions. They they instantly trigger um, and bring up content and feelings for us. So it's really important to recognize them so that you can learn to respond differently. Okay. A lot of times when we're in fear, we don't respond the same when we've matured, when we've grown, when we've healed, we're able to respond differently. So that's really important to be able to recognize them so that you can mature and that you can heal and that you can respond in a healthy way. And then lastly, number five is make connections. Okay, so connections and relationships help so much in just giving context and perspective and recognizing that you're not alone, that everybody experiences shame to some degree, um, that that a lot of people are walking through things that, you know, you we often think that we're the only one walking through intensity or a struggle of some kind or a really deep challenge. And frankly, no, (laughs) that's not true. And and the more you surround yourself with different connections um, or even find a recovery group. I used to work in a recovery ministry called Celebrate Recovery. So even when you find yourself in an environment like that, let's say you recognize how much, you know, people actually experience pain. And it's so empowering to see that people are actually taking control of that um, and not letting that rule their life. And Celebrate Recovery is a Christ-centered recovery program. So that's a really great way to to specifically deal with the hangup of shame. It's a hangup because it's holding you back. God doesn't want you to live in shame. So 
my encouragement with presenting this is that shame isn't something that we talk about because it's not like this cool trending buzzword. Um, it's something that's subtle and operates underneath the surface and it is intensely painful. And remember those things like it can start as unworthiness, but get get deeper than that. Like it could be rooted to your self-talk. You could just have really negative self-talk that can lead to intense shame. Okay. It could also be triggered by different life experiences or you know, patterns that have happened over over time that have, have been unaddressed, right? And that are now coming up quite a bit because they were never dealt with, okay? So it's so important to be able to recognize that shame is not focusing on God. It's also not what God is partnering with, and it's not your identity. Your identity is not shame, okay? Particularly if you're born again, that is not your identity. So recognizing that and then starting to apply even these five things that we've covered here, just these strategies to start bringing it into the light so that it's not ruling in your life, right? Like that's not on the throne. Shame should not be on the throne. And then turning up the voice of God in your life, surrounding yourself with Christ-centered community, kingdom thinking. I did another podcast episode on that, so you might want to scroll um, through the different podcast episodes. Just an example would be replacing shame thoughts with kingdom thoughts, right? And, and doing that work, we're transformed by the renewing of our mind. So repenting of shame, turning from shame, uh, not, not carrying that every day. Once you repent, you don't have to live in shame, right? You don't have to beat yourself up every day and you punishing yourself constantly does not serve anyone, right? In fact, it usually makes you punish other people <laughs> and then they don't enjoy being around you. So hopefully this message helped you and gave you some context about shame. Keep it in mind. I think that I am noticing that there's, this has been coming up a lot lately and the opposite of shame just to give you some context could be approval acceptance honor respect um, esteem so these could be things that you start doing instead so for example uh, if you are self-blaming really fighting inadequate thinking depressed you can start accepting yourself where you are right you can start approving of yourself even with your imperfections. You can start honoring yourself and respecting yourself and caring yourself well, right? And you can pray for God to help you with that and he will guide and establish your steps. He will lead you to the people that can be a blessing on that journey, right, of breaking free of that. He can give you some strategies to, to help you integrate into your life. There's so many things that God can do. So that would be my first encouragement is to turn it over to him. Release any shame that you're experiencing to him because that is not your portion and that is not the good plan that he has for you. He doesn't want you to live in a prison of shame. All right. All right, guys. So good news, random. I've got a couple of books coming out, which is really exciting. One is, oh my goodness, it's a book that's going to really help you um, view shame differently. Probably it's not about shame, but it's it's definitely about who you are and your identity and how to really own it and win in life. And that one is coming out along with a training manual, which is mostly strategies. Uh, they're both going to come out at the same time. 
I will share more about that when I get the actual launch date, but I think we're only about a month out, so it's gonna happen soon, soon, soon. So if you are not on my email list or my newsletter list, go to julianapage.com, download the little pop-up there that comes up, put your email in there, so you will be the first to know to get on the wait list to get that pre-order of those books. There's gonna be a lot more coming down the pipeline, so stay tuned. If you do need some coaching or help in your life, if this message was resonating with you, make sure that you do also visit julianapage.com and explore uh, professional coaching. That is definitely a, a starting point for sure to start doing your inner work. And there's some other books and tools on the site as well. All right, guys, I hope this message blessed you. And until next time, stay blessed.